Welcome to another episode of Hurdle. I am Emily Abadi. This week, I'm chatting with Candace Huffine, who I really cannot say enough great things about after our time together the other day. She's a model and major player in the body positivity movement, creator of Activewear Line Day One, that's W-O-N, and also of Project Start, which you can find on Instagram at P.S. You Got This, an online community for women of all shapes and sizes starting their running journey. It's all pretty awesome, but the Runspiration situation in particular is really rad, considering that just a few years ago, she absolutely despised the sport. A dare from her husband got her off the couch and eventually, this is crazy, to the finish lines of two full marathons within one year. Today, we'll talk about how her sweat-drenched hurdle moment changed her life forever, teaching her that truly anything is possible if you're willing to work for it. Quick thank you to the sponsor of today's episode, Pluto Pillow. Guys, I am so jet lagged right now from an unreal trip to Joshua Tree with my friends at the North Face. And let me tell you, the best thing about coming home was laying down in my bed with this pillow. (laughs) Getting good sleep has so much to do with what you're sleeping on. Pluto pillows are individually personalized to your data, designed with a foam inner core and plush outer cover, which means that there's no need to sacrifice support for cushion and comfort. Go to plutopillow.com, that's P-L-U-T-O, to answer a quick questionnaire and receive a pillow built just for you. And the best part, make sure to enter the code HURDLE for $20 off. Again, that's plutopillow.com. I could not be more amped could not be more amped that tomorrow is May 8th. And that means it's time for Hurdle Live at the Arlo Nomad Hotel at 6.30 p.m. I'll be sitting down with Candace and also a few of my other favorite people, Fred Santarpia, Alex Silverfagan, Adam Callen, and Sarah Levy, all past guests of the pod to chat all things self-love and self-care. Huge thanks to my friends at the Arlo for helping me make this all possible. Other things worth mentioning, if you're not already, make sure you're subscribed to Hurdle in the iTunes store and follow the pod on social media at Hurdle Podcast. And do you get Hurdle's newsletter yet? Because you should. (laughs) Get on over to hurdle.us slash featured. Give me your email and stay up to date with all the things. Last but not least, I'm back at you with good deals again. In honor of Candace's stint here on the podcast today, Day One is offering an exclusive discount to Hurdle listeners, good for 10% off on their site, day-one.com. That's day-one.com. Using the promo code HURDLE. So make sure to head on over there and snag yourself some swag. I am a huge fan of the can't touch this compression liking myself. And with that, Let's get to hurdling. Today, I'm here with Candace Huffine, a model who you may have seen on the runways at New York Fashion Week, also on the cover of Elle last year, and Lane Bryant advertisements everywhere. Also, founder of Project Start, a community for women of all shapes and sizes starting their running journey, and designer and creator of Day One, amazing in itself because, correct me if I'm wrong, it's the only active wear line with sizing from 
zero to 32. Mm-hmm. This is what I hear. No. <laughs> it is. It is. Um, yeah. I wasn't aware when we started the brand that we were really like shattering that ceiling. But um, it was brought to me in a question in an interview. Like, what does it feel like to be the first and only? And I was like, wow, didn't know we were the first and only. But that's incredible. And I hope that also maybe like turns on a light bulb for other brands. There are other activewear brands who have a plus size or an extended size range. But what sets day one apart is that it's the same collection throughout from start to finish. So her shopping experience is exactly the same regardless of what size she is. There's no like special tab to click. No special like you don't get the same things if you go above a certain size snafu and all of that jazz that we like always fight against. So that's what I'm very proud of. I love that you're just jumping into giving me all the details on this brand. Why not, right? (laughs) (laughs) Let's uh let's take a a pit stop here. Yeah. I'm back. Are we backing up? Let's back up. Okay. I'm into that. So I gave a little bio about you. Why don't you tell me about how you got into modeling? Because that started around age 15. Yeah. Backing way up. Oh, oh, we're backing up. (laughs) I was like, oh, we're just going to back up like a few years to when I started running. Um, No, good point. We're going to back up to when I was 15. I'm 33 years old now. So I've been modeling for a very long time. I had a dream and goal to be a model. Like that was my only plan. I did not have any plan B. I wasn't like also passionate about being a veterinarian or anything like that. Like I literally from a very, very young age was like, I'm going to be a model. So when I was 15, I um, went up to some open calls in New York to like set out and get said contract. And you're from Maryland. I'm from Maryland. Yeah. So we took the train up to New York city quite often. And, um, and yeah, I went to go like see some agencies to be like, Hey, I'm here make me a model. (laughs) And uh, that was just an interesting experience because like I went with like all the confidence in the world and did not realize how quickly I was going to get the rug pulled out from under my feet, Um, which I guess is there's so many things that I learned from that experience, though, in that like that 15 year old girl was awesome because she was like, I'm doing this no matter what. Like, I'm going to go. There's no stopping me. And didn't let any fear or doubt, like, hold her back or, like, well, maybe I can't. Maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I'm not this size. Maybe I'm not, like, tall enough or whatever. I was just like, I'm here, world. You brought up something really interesting. I'm not this size. Were you always a little bit bigger than the girls that you were looking at? Well, I didn't realize I was until I went to New York. (laughs) And they were like, right, you're great and all, but you need to lose 20 pounds. I was 15 years old. I was a size 6. I was an athlete. I played lacrosse. I was a cheerleader. I had an active lifestyle. I was young. I mean, technically I was a child. So it's like, how do, how do you, what more could I have done? Like to lose 20 pounds, that is a significant amount of weight. And there would be no, at the time, like there would have been no right way to have done that or, or safe way to go about doing that. And then it goes back to like this strong headed young girl who was like, mm, no, that's not, that's not going to be an option for me. So what's our next, like, I'm not leaving. I'm still going to be a model. So what's the next plan? Right. And then I got offered um, a contract as a plus size model the next day. The I mean, next I wanted, day. I was, it was a two day trip and we had a lot of appointments the first day and fewer the second. And at the rate that the disappointment was coming in the first day, I called my mom and I was like, I really want to come home. And she was like, just stay. Like you already set all these up. You're already up there. You have the hotel. You're with your grandma. Like just stay and have fun. And like. It's not that big of a deal, but just still go to all of them. Don't burn your bridges. And um, it was the second day that I got a contract as a plus size model. But completely unbeknownst to me, I had no idea that there was two separate worlds in modeling. I had no idea that I was 
technically plus sized. I mean, yeah, I was always taller and more built, I guess, or, or broader than friends at school, but I didn't see that as an issue or I didn't feel other than, let's say. Um, Talk to me a little bit about being quote unquote what would be considered a plus size model today because I feel like there has been such an amazing movement away from designating yeah, absolutely. this word plus size. You don't call yourself a plus size model. No, and, and I, I think I, that's amazing. Yeah, and it was a, it was something I didn't want to call myself in the beginning as well because I found that was very as a 15-year-old girl, I found that was very confusing for the masses. Like, why have you just told me that I'm this way when I feel great and fine about who I am? But like now you've put me in a box from the get-go, which is I spent decades struggling to get out of. And not because I was ashamed to be called plus size, but because because I was labeled with this, it limited the opportunities that I had because certain brands were not going to cast for a plus size model. Um, certain campaigns and designers weren't even going to touch this other separate department. So because you told me who I am, like you've separated and also limited the possibility and the opportunities that I'm going to have. And same, same as today, what we're trying to do is break that barrier down because it's completely unnecessary. And a woman can be plus and call herself plus and have a positive relationship with the word I think it's it's society it's the industry along these like two decades have really screwed up what that definition means for a woman and they've made it a really bad thing so that it has become like you know it was like blocked away dirty little secret or the you know clothing was in a hidden away in a department store and they made you think that it was bad to be plus so we've been working we I say we like all the girls in this industry and we've all been working to blur these lines because they're so unnecessary and divisive. And it really makes a woman start to feel differently about herself if she's put in a box by someone else. I also think that more and more brands are open to the blurring of these lines, that they want to work with women of all shapes and sizes. And it's totally more in vogue now not to have, you know, a size zero across the board runway. But you have to because now, I mean, there's so many different ways women can express themselves that if you don't serve the masses properly if she doesn't see herself if she doesn't feel represented she's going to let you know and then basically like you're on the shit list because they're not going to stand for being forgotten like we've been there done that we're in like you know we're empowered we're in a time of rising together and being at the forefronts being seen and nobody is going to stand for for being on the back lines feeling like an afterthought, you know, enough is enough. So if a magazine or a company or a brand doesn't represent all the women that they actually sell to or take money from, then they're going to hear it because that woman's not standing for it anymore. We're not standing for it. No, she's tired of this nonsense. You slam that shit down. (laughs) (laughs) You said that you were an athlete back at age 15. What were you doing? Uh, I was a cheerleader. Yeah. That's an athlete, people. Look it up. It's a it's a sport. <laughs> and it was hard work. It was grueling. Anyway, I played lacrosse for a little while as well. But at the same time I was doing these things, I was also trying to get a modeling contract. And so I kind of saw that, like, maybe the potential of these sticks coming down on my face, trying to get a ball was not going to be, like, the most helpful the most helpful way to get ahead in a business that might be using my face so um yeah so everything kind of stopped around like junior and senior year so you got a modeling contract you're 15 yes and what happens next 
Well, I'm in high school. So, I mean, I'm still focused on that. I'm not like, listen, I've say I'm a model for almost 18 years and I would say I'm truly a model for like 15, okay. let's say, to, because the beginning years were kind of a growing period and I had a contract, but there wasn't a ton I could do with it. Also, the plus market, let's say, or like the curvy fashion world wasn't very um, prominent in the States, actually. So the beginning of my career, I spent a long time working in Europe for catalogs. And I mean, here, I mean, I was 15 years old in a size six. What are you going to do with that girl? So, I mean, I was in Seventeen magazine in the beginning, which was great. Those were dreams come true. I mean, you're going to be proud. Of, you're going to be proud of that girl because yeah. she's crushing her dreams. Yeah, but I was like, it, again, she's a model. It, again, it's just it's so insane to hear you say that sentence. Like, you're 15 years old and you're a size six. I know. When I was 15 years old, I was a size 16 and miserable and upset, and I would have killed to see to be a size six. Or what about killed to see someone who looked like you and made you feel okay to be that size, you know? No one did. I know. No one Or, did. like, even have a place that you felt, you know, proud to shop in. That's totally. Not, you know, they always make... My experience as a child is much different than some of my peers in this industry. Like, I, another friend of mine who's a model was the 16 when she was young as well. And she's like, I, you know, I had to go in these stores that were marketed more towards, like a mom or grandma's age because that's the only way they saw this kind of body and she's like I had to go in and like try to find something out of nothing but it was it just made an already tricky time for a young girl even worse because she there was nothing she could feel confident in wearing or doing or anything I remember I used to buy the exact same pair of jeans and wear them down until when the thighs rubbed together so much that yeah. they would fray and they were from American Eagle and they were a size 16 and at the time American Eagle that was when they that was the max size that you went up to and I remember so distinctly one day going into a dressing room to try on the size 16 that I'd always try on before I would buy them. Mm -hmm. It was like a Tuesday night with my dad in the mall, like the store was getting ready to close down and having a literal meltdown in the dressing room because the 16 didn't button anymore. Mm. And, and that I was just, the end of the road, right? That, like was, clothing. that was the end. And I refused to go to those grandmother stores because I was yeah. like, I'm not that person. That's not for me. And granted, you know, that was a hurdle moment in itself. But, you know, I'd still buy the size 16 and just, you know, lose what I had to lose until I got to fit into those jeans. And that was that was all I needed for that. Right, right. But that not having those girls in the photos around me in the stores that I wanted to be in. Right. Oh. Or just the availability and like the... There's just so I often think, you know, many times during my career or any any message that I'm trying to project or a photo that I'm trying to inspire by. I'm always, always, always thinking of the girl in high school because I remember what that was like. And my body wasn't even that different than everybody else's. But I felt a little different. I mean, I knew it was not lost on me that I was bigger than everyone else. Like I couldn't find a boyfriend because they were miniature. I was super tall. Like I knew that I was, <laughs> I knew that I was of a different shape, but like adding on, you know, the strain of not being able to be on par with your peers and like sort of dress on trend, you know how like yeah. high school, all these school years are. And I'm just always thinking like, what if this girl who's uh, 12, 14, 16, whatever is sitting in middle school or high school right now and she's confident and she's smart and she has a great, like, individuality about her. She's, like, owning it. But then she can't, like, get dressed the way she sees herself. She can't feel as cool as she knows she is. Like, that's just 
why? Why? Why are uh, you limiting her or who she can be via a pair of jeans? And so much of the messaging now is like, if you don't fit into these sizes, then you are not good enough. And exactly. to tell someone whose self-image is so easily molded yeah. as a teenager yeah. that you're not good enough, yeah. that's awful. Like in, it can be two different ways. It could be like, she's already not feeling it. And then the fact that she can't rise up like from imagery around her or like possibility and availability around her or on the flip side is that she's she's got it all there ready to rock and roll and and then also can't express herself the way she wants it's like two barriers right from the start like where you're not letting this girl just be because you're telling her she's not beautiful okay you really start modeling about three years after the initial contract, you like really get into it. You're yeah, saying. I moved to New York um, after high school. I was really working quite a bit still in the European market. I spent a lot of years working in the European market. There just wasn't really. What did that involve? Um, I traveled a lot alone by myself to fun places, but I didn't really get to explore. But Like where? Um, I went everywhere. I went to South Africa, England, um, Germany. Like these were all regular stops in my in my early career, I was spent a lot of time there. Do you have a favorite? South Africa's pretty great. Wow. It's really, really, really amazing. Like, I considered moving there. Very briefly. Just, I was very affected. I was like, oh my God, this is so amazing. But, um, I mean, I was really proud to be working. I was making money. I was doing what I wanted to do. I didn't realize how behind the American market was. And also, like, what I was not being afforded here, I would say. It kind of was like... I just didn't even think to challenge it because it was going to, it was such a huge hurdle, let's say, you know, like conquering American magazines and brands being on billboards, being on commercials. It was like, that seemed so far away. Um, I was always confident that it was eventually going to happen, but it was like very frustrating that I could work as a model, as a curvier woman somewhere else than in the place where you're from, where I'm from and we're visibly curvy and accepted and I don't know it was just very frustrating so it took a while to like really break down that door what um, was it like when you broke down the door where what was that first big hit here that really well for me it was like for my own personal career and I think it was a really big shift in the industry as well um in 2010 and 2011 I did two back-to-back editorials with other curvy models one for v magazine and one for Italian Vogue And those really kind of showcased a body unseen before in magazines in a way that blink and you'll miss it. But here we've got these amazing like curvy girls in here. Doesn't it fit so perfectly? Like this is the future. And I do feel like that really was a turning point within the industry to like kind of look at us in a different way so that we weren't in this box out in the shadows again. So we were really considered for high fashion magazines and advertisements and things like that. It kind of like completely changed the game on what brands will look for now. They will actually ask like, well, can I see, why don't I see your size 14s? And it's like, oh, okay, we've been here all along, but yay. <laughs> I'm in. Yeah. Finally. So going back to this idea that you were an athlete. Yes. In high school and a cheerleader and I mean, played lacrosse. Very kind to say athlete as if I really was. And if anyone is going to listen to this podcast, they'll be like, she's lying. I was not. I'm not lying. I was a cheerleader. I was a captain of the cheerleading squad. Hell yeah, you were. But when we say, so yes, I was an athlete. But then there was also some like 
there's a classic me in there as well, where it was like, I didn't ever really do more than I had to do, let's say. <laughs> so it wasn't like beast Candace that was like, I'm an athlete. I'm crushing it. I'm running with my parents in the morning on the weekends. Like she did what she had to do at school. And then that was that. That's okay. <laughs> but then there got to be a time in your life where you weren't just doing the bare minimum. Talk to me a little bit about how you started to get into running. Okay. Well, I had a not a great relationship with running. Like, let's go back to the cheerleading thing just as an example. When I became captain of the squad, I eliminated the running portion of our practices. So during summer practices, we had like an hour before the actual practice started, which was our workout, running, stretching, all that. And I ditched the running part. You were like, nah. I was like, we don't really need to do this. Why do we need to do this? Like, so... That's so rude to everyone else's stamina and body. Um, but I was like, we don't need to do this. We have to get up too early. We're not even running in our in our program. So, like, what is it? what's the point? Anyway, cut to, like, a lifetime of thinking, what's the point, really, I guess. Um, and then, yeah, so I had no – I had really no relationship whatsoever with running other than sitting on the sidelines watching other people do it because my husband was a runner. And um, How long have you been married? Almost seven years. And his name? Matt Powers. And where did you meet Matt Powers? I met Matt Powers in New York, but through a friend. <laughs> That's always like that little fine print there. It's like, because everyone's like, oh, it is possible. And I'm like, through a friend, though. So hard here. Thanks for instilling all of the No, I know. But I'm like, it's so hard. I, I wish I had an answer. I wish I'd be like, oh, this go, is how you do it. Go to this specific bar on this specific time oh, on this specific the day. is crazy. I know. So, but he, he started running... Like two or three years into our relationship. Mm -hmm. And I noticed a huge difference in him. And he was like just more motivated, happier, lighter, like just it was adding in what he kind of always was missing. He worked in corporate at the time. So he was like just kind of going through the motions, dragging. And he on a whim just like added this in and he became like completely 180 different person for the better. And I saw that happening and that's how much I didn't have a relationship with running like I saw how it was affecting him in a positive way and I still didn't say like I'm gonna join you this time I just waved him goodbye and watched housewives of something and yeah as we do I just didn't even put it just didn't register with me and I don't know if it's because it had to it was a choice that I was going to have to make electively and I could have found a million other things on the list before that to do instead but it's just like there was something about it that was hard for me to like decide to do myself. So spoiler alert, at this point in her life right now, Candace has run two full marathons. Uh, so why don't we get to the spark that actually made yeah. you put one foot in front of the other? <laughs> well, it was from Matt, actually. And it was a dare. So it came in like a very strange form. So technically, like I did make the decision to say yes but it kind of came from an outside place. This is interesting because one of the guests that I've had previously on the podcast, Shanae, she started to lose weight as a dare from a friend. It's weird, right? Like, I am I am a champion for, like, you set your mind to it. You can do it. I want you to be inspired by that. I want you to know that anything is possible. And in a very backwards way, I couldn't do that for myself. But sometimes we that's stand why on I'm our here own now. Way. Yeah, I mean, that's why I'm here. It's like... I don't want that to be a barrier or, or like a, a barrier to entry for anybody else. I don't want our own minds to say like, I spent so long saying I can't do things or even being like self de self deprecating and joking about like why I wouldn't, you know, like everyone's like, what is that joke where it's like, 
I would only run if the house was on fire or like I only I only run on I don't run on days that end in Y ha, 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 ha. like all this <laughs> crazy stuff like I was the queen of that it's like oh I'm just too I've got too much stuff going on I just uh, like you just put it in a in a back back of your mind and then it's like 10 years later and it's still in the back of your mind so you've got this dare got this dare got this dare over brunch over margaritas in Spain we were on a trip together at the end of 2015 and we were just talking about what the next year would look like which we always do we make I guess resolutions for lack of a better word but I don't like to call them that because I feel like if you do make a resolution you like I don't know you set yourself up to just like ditch it by February so I, we like to just think of it as like a whole year plan instead of like Starting on January 1st, I'm going to play guitar. I'm into this. Yeah. So we were like, let's, what does our year look like? What does 2016 look like? And I was like throwing out career goals and even like style plans. I'm like, you know what? I think I'm going to, I'm going to start wearing more dresses, like the most (laughs) random stuff. And then that's when he said, I dare you to run a half marathon. And so from dare to action, how long was that? I mean, we we went running the next day. How did that go for you? Horrible. I mean, there's photo, like there's video of it. I'm cussing nonstop. It's like bleep, 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 bleep. And we did two miles. We had to do it in a walk-run increment, which is totally fine. Um, but it was the smallest increment, and it was the most complicated. For, like, it was just so hard. I was so, I was so not ready for all of that. And I didn't know that I was going to ever enjoy it, to be honest. And was the dare the only thing that kept you going at it for the next day and the next day? Um, no, making myself accountable and sharing the information was the one thing that that kept me going. Like once I told people and made it public and not even making it public on social media, but just sort of making it a public goal, an outward goal, even within my own like friend circle and and um, and and the running community, which whom I was a part of, but via Matt, I wasn't actually running with these people, but I would be cheering them on. So when I really put the wheels in motion and said, "Hey, this is something I think I'm going to do," one, I was welcomed with open arms, and they were like, "Oh, we've been waiting for you. Let us help you." And then two, it's like, well, now now it's there, it's out there. So you, what are you going to tell them? You quit, and that's the like the thing that I refuse to do. It's like once you say you're going to do it, you have to do it. Talk to me about that feeling of crossing the finish line of your first half marathon, which was the New York City half marathon, correct? Yes. Okay. So talk to me about that feeling. It was amazing. It was amazing. And and the funny thing is I crossed that finish line and the president of New York Roadrunners said to me, full one next? And I said, ha, 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 never. <laughs> and I was like, let me just have this one. And I literally thought that that maybe just be the one, the one race ever. And then I would run, continue running recreationally here and there. You just said the sentence, I'm going to continue running recreationally. <laughs> yeah. So you began to like running. Well, yeah, definitely. And I, so, but I figured in the race environment, like maybe that would be the only big long distance race that I would ever do. And then I would go back to being like a two miler or something like that occasionally. But what I also found about myself in this journey and this process was that I need a goal to, to look forward to and to plan for. Otherwise there's something about my personality or my character that like won't and that's maybe why the dare was so effective as well that I still will find a way to kind of put other things first as priority even though I know that running is what should be at the top of the list because it makes me feel the best. So obviously so many hurdles involved with becoming a model in an industry when you're not a size zero right but you effectively say that this moment, this half marathon 
is kind of where your hurdle moment really begins. Oh, definitely. I mean, you think that it's as simple as like, and it is, you put one foot in front of the other, you cover distance, you're running, you're a runner. Like you've laced up, you're out there, you're a runner, you did it. It's all the other things that come into play that became the most vital for me and what really kept me attached to the sport instead of just being like, okay, great. That was, that was a great race. That's the end of that. And now I'm just going to, I'm going to be a jogger who like goes out like three times a week. One, I needed to set other goals. I always say like set small goals among your bigger ones, because that is what you can also one celebrate small victories because you can actually reach them, attain them. Like you need to set them in order to keep the drive going because otherwise what it, you're going to say five years from now, I'm going to run a marathon. Well, what are you going to do in the in-between that's going to n- let you know that you can get there or to boost your spirit? I needed the race high again almost because it's what really pushed me and it was a validation of what I can do. And I think that in my life I had never really given myself an opportunity to set and reach a goal and prove to myself something. So when you set and reached a goal and you finished this half marathon, how did this kind of rub off in other areas of your life? It was a little bit of an aha moment because I'm like, well, damn, we can do like anything is possible. Like if me, the non-runner of non-runners who never thought she could do it, never gave her chance, herself a chance to do it, basically was like, I was very hard on myself. Like, no, 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 no. You can't. Don't even try. You're not the right size. People will laugh at you. They'll like you hold people back. You'll you know, it's, it'll be embarrassing to be out there. Like I told myself these things unfairly. And I never gave myself the chance. So it really was an aha moment in in wanting to share the message with women on a broader level to say, like, wow, I really had an epiphany here that anything is possible. This is now how I feel and what it did for my life. And so if this is something you have ever considered, let's do this together because you are going to change tenfold in the best ways possible. Like in my career a common question is like, how do you find your confidence? And it's a very hard question to answer because it's like, it's going to be different for everybody. There is no like step-by-step guide on what to do. There is no like time that you need to work at it before it kind of like shows up. Like now I have my confidence, but I will say where I formerly couldn't answer the question almost at all or, or solidly, I would say that like, when running came into my life, that was a huge, that was the answer almost. It's like, that is what gave me confidence on so many levels from the inside out as a businesswoman, as a leader, as a voice, like it gave me the confidence I kind of had always been searching for. And I didn't know that I was. Um, So that's why I wanted to really like share with, with women across the board is that like, if this, and it doesn't even have to be running. If there's something in your life that you've always been afraid of, that you told yourself you can't, please, please, please try and you'll find that you can. And then I want you to see how you feel on the flip side of that because it changes everything. Quick break from today's episode to give the sponsor, Pluto Pillow, a little bit of love. 
I will be real, I've always been so picky about my mattress, but never really thought twice about the quality of my pillows. Pluto Pillow wants to change that, making those one-size-fits-all pillows we've all been buying from department stores for years a thing of the past. The company offers up pillows that are individually personalized based on your body stats, how you sleep, and what you like. I took the survey online, it's so, so simple, and within a week's time, I had a Pluto pillow all of my own that makes me look forward even more so to getting into my bed at the end of a long day. Trust me, you've got to check it out. Head on over to PlutoPillow.com, that's P-L-U-T-O, to answer a quick questionnaire and receive a pillow built for you and your unique sleep profile. Cool thing that the company does, by the way, you'll have 100 nights, that's over three months, to Test your pillow in the comfort of your own bed. Again, that's PlutoPillow.com. Be sure to enter the code HURDLE for $20 off your purchase. Let's get back to it. All right, I'm back here sitting with Candice Huffine. And we are talking about when she found her really stellar confidence after conquering that first half marathon. And so you're talking about the importance of sharing this positive message with other people, which leads you to begin Project Start. So talk to me a little bit about Project Start. So I started Project Start as a viral community um, to just share the realities and the honesty of starting this journey. I'm not just one woman who started running and decided to talk about it as the first ever, you know, I knew that there was along the way because I had experienced these women before. They were my driving factors to continue as well. Friends of mine within the community who were willing to share with me one-on-one to motivate me. And so I realized we all run for different reasons. We all start somewhere. We all look different. We're all reaching the same goal. We're all here for different reasons, but are feeling a certain way via the same one common thread of running. And I just wanted to share, I wanted a platform in which to share all these different stories so that there will be one woman out there that can relate to one of them. And that can be the push that she needed. So I, um, and this is on Instagram. It's on Instagram. Okay. It was originally started with women's running magazine. Um, there's a video series that was attached to it. That's still online, um, from project start on women's running. And it, uh, I tapped four of my really good running friends who inspired me in my beginning days to share their story uh, a little deeper and, and the reasons why they run and why they continue. And I just feel like, and this is what I've learned from modeling world as well and for fashion industry, it's like sharing, sharing, sharing and, and honesty and conversation is what drives us to continue you know it's like you think that you're doing this silently and privately on your own and yeah the sport is a singular sport you're going to go out and run by yourself but I want you to know that there's a ton of us out there who are feeling the same who have gone through the same um we can laugh about it or cry about it or whatever together and you really aren't alone and I think that um was something that I was missing when I started to run I had a, a very small core group of girls who really helped me and I don't even think they know that they were really actively helping me at the time but the fact that they shared a little deeper than just like oh come on you can do it you can and then you're like but how like this hurts and I don't think I can ever make it past this point and and I don't think that my body can do this or you know you need a little bit more because at the end of the day I learned of course we can do it we can all do it but 
And this is so much, I mean, this is so much bigger than, and as you mentioned in modeling, but also bigger than running in that everything from going through a breakup to learning how to play guitar for the first time. Like Like, other people, (laughs) other people have done all of these things. I know, I know. But the thing is, I think we, I think we're ashamed to admit that we're not perfect. Right. I was just going to say that in a, in a, like an, the exact same sentiment. It's that we only portray this like visual of perfection in anything we do in our Instagram, in magazines, in um, like, you know, in the fitness world, it's always like this top, top, top athlete on the cover of a magazine. And you're like, well, then I don't know if I can actually read that running magazine because I'm not a runner like that. Mm -hmm. I'll never be a runner like that. Maybe I'm not even a runner at all, you know? And there's just so many questions you battle with. It's like, damn, it shouldn't be this complicated like we should be proud of of whatever stage we're in and let's be honest about it let's talk about it and know that you're you're not abnormal in any way I don't want anyone to ever think that running looks a certain way or is a certain way and that they can never be that and that and that's just with running obviously in particular but it goes into all other things definitely definitely so a quick note project start is not at project start on Instagram it's at PS, you got this. PS, you got this. If you are looking to find it, yes, please do find us. <laughs> um, outside of Project Start, I want to talk a little bit about your activewear line, Day One. Yes. So, where did Day One kind of come from? So, there's a lot in the short amount of time. We're we're really <laughs> trying we're... to charge through this here. <laughs> no, not even in this time segment, but just in a span of two years. So. All of it brought on by running. I don't mean to be like hokey, but it's like, you know, I do honestly say running changed my life, but it's because it opened my eyes to so much possibility and to being a part of this bigger community. I mean, I was in like fashion bubble for so long and it's like fitness bubble actually could use my voice as well. Um, And so I really wanted to come in and leave a mark that I felt like was missing in a way or things that I knew that I needed as a beginner who has conquered these races and and these milestones in a short amount of time, who's trying to encourage other women to do the same thing because the way that I feel wouldn't have come from anything else. And in that, that time, an opportunity was presented to me to partner with a local manufacturer to create an activewear line, which was something I hadn't thought of prior. However, ironically was struggling to dress myself for said races that I was always entering. Like there was always kind of, for me, a difficulty in comfortability. It's like, I have to cover this distance, but like I have to turn back around because my pants are falling down now because they are, they're ill-fitting. They weren't the right size to begin with. And, or this bra is like killing me. So there was like, I found that there was so many setbacks to even go. Yeah. (laughs) As if the whole sport's not hard enough as it is in the beginning. It's like then you're contending with all this other unforeseeable stuff that you would never know from the dressing room. Right. Yeah. Talk to me about what goes into creating an active wear line, man. Uh, Fit and trial and error. A lot of Um, it. Yeah. I mean, I like to always laugh and say, like, when I tell you that this stuff is tried and tested, it is. Like, I ran the Boston Marathon in these leggings. I ran the New York Marathon in these leggings. Like, I knew that if I was going to put my name on something from doing what I have done in the past I'm touching them. You're wearing them. Just for people at home. (laughs) (laughs) As I injure my guest. They're Um, nice. Thank you. Uh, I just knew that I didn't want to just add things for the sake of adding things or for putting my name on something. Like I really wanted it to serve 
an underserved market and specifically in the size ranging in that I'm a size 12. I struggled to find a high performance quality pair of leggings that I could run 13 miles or 26 miles in until I made them myself. Not to be like big headed about it, but it's like there was a quality factor or an availability factor that dropped off after a certain size because I think that there's an assumption that that woman wasn't working out or doing any like high performance activity. So there was activewear available, but it wasn't what I needed to get me the distance for a long amount of time or to even to train in, to sweat in, to really like work hard in. So you work with this local manufacturer. Yes. And concept the pieces that you really feel like are missing. Yes. When does it click that you found the right product? Like, how do you know that you hit a home run? Well, I well when I ran the Boston Marathon. So also, let's backtrack just like, <laughs> only a little Boston bit. Yeah. <laughs> because how did you go from running the New York half, and this is in March, Yes. to knowing that about a year later you would run a full marathon? Right. Well, I didn't know because that was not ever, ever, ever on my list. And that, there we go with me crossing the finish line of the very first race. And Michael saying, okay, so the next, so next one full. And I was like, get out of my face with that. Never, never, never. I didn't have that. Oh my God, I can do anything attitude until I crossed the Boston marathon finish line. Like I was lured into running the race because I was asked to be a part of a sponsored team for the race of women who would share their stories, who would share their journey. And that was something I was so passionate about, obviously, is like, taking women along on this very honest, real ride with me of like how I'm going to get myself to the start line, how I'm going to train for this, what 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 I'm going to feel, what I'm going to think. So I was all game for that. I just did not know how I was going to do 26 miles. What was the most difficult part of training for your first full marathon? The time. I mean, the time. I feel like that's the reason why we don't start any of these new goals or skills or anything as adults is because we never feel like we actually have the time to do it. Um, A lot of opportunity cost. Yeah, I was, well, yeah, I was um, traveling a lot for work. I still travel a lot for work. And I think it was just such a new lifestyle for me to try to add in all of like this intense training schedule. That was something I really struggled with. Um, But I did it and I restructured things and I made it a priority and, and um, I was prepared. I was I was ready to be there. I think that's one of the the mental things that come into it. Uh, we're recording this about a week before I run the Boston Marathon. Oh, yes. Which is crazy. And I think it's so funny because you spend at least about three months training yeah. for said race. Yeah. And you still, in the days and hours leading up to it, feel like you are so ill-prepared. But the reality is, is that you've put in the work. Totally. You, your body is ready. Your body can do it. Your body is ready to do it. In you've fact, just got to show up for yourself. Thing. Like your feet know how to do that. It's just, yeah, showing up for yourself. And even on the ride, I remember so well on the ride up to Boston. Um, I think I went up on like the Thursday before. And uh, and I remember in the car being like, what am I doing? Why am I? I don't belong here. I don't belong being here. And this is Candace pre-finish line of Boston Marathon. I honestly say that like everything changed when I crossed that finish line. Like I literally made a vow to myself as soon as I crossed it. I said, I will never tell myself I can't do something again because look what I just did. So day one, going back and also note that day one is day one W-O-N. Yes. Something important. To yes. I didn't realize in creation of the brand how often I would 
I would say the same line over and over again. Day one, W-O-N. W-O-N. <laughs> and I still see people like working that out in their heads and they're like, what is she saying? Day one itself also would have a powerful message. Oh, well, my day one is the one is I remember forever. It changed everything. The day I officially like made this goal to set out was my life changer. So that actually like our logo is a that's not an arrow, really. I mean, it's like an, it's an arrow, but it's also a one. Candace is looking down at the tank top she's wearing. <laughs> so there's a lot of meaning. And, and I also like I was thinking of of doing some play on numbers of like the date that I started running or something, because that's where I can really timeline everything back to as being the catalyst for the new me, let's say. I like to say Candace 2.0. Implementing running into my life and making it a priority and actively getting out and doing it changes the way I feel as a person. It makes me feel like that day is more exceptional than the days that I didn't run. So it always just gives you like an extra boost. And that's when you really feel like you've you won crushed the day. it. Yeah, I want it. So that's something that I really wanted to make sure other women like kind of have in the back of their mind is like, we're so busy doing everything else and giving to everyone else that sometimes we're not at the top of our own lists. And so I want a woman to sort of just stop along the, along the way because of this brand and and say to herself, did I win this day? And then if the answer is no, she can make some changes in order to like make sure that she feels like she conquered it and crushed it and feels like her best self for the day. How long from conceptualizing this brand to it being, it's an e-commerce brand, to being available for purchase online? About a year. About a year. Mm-hmm. Okay. A and under a year. did you know when you were starting that you were like exactly what items you wanted to make? Yes and no. Um, I knew what I was missing just by personal style in that like I wanted an outfit. I wanted high-performance gear that also could serve as an outfit if I wasn't running Mm -hmm. in it, you know? I wanted, like, a mix of a street-style something with the quality that can take you the distance. And I found that there was kind of a separation in the two. I had, like, these leggings that served, like, a really cool, cute purpose, but then I also had, like, my ones that were for working out very hard in. And um, I just wanted the in-between of an outfit that you could feel really cool and proud in and you could do anything in and then also fit me. <laughs> you uh, you said something interesting before that was you felt like it was really helpful to have these women that you could ask questions about running. Yeah. And that was, at the time, a very small sample size of, of women. Yeah. Smaller group of women. How does it feel for you now? How many Instagram followers do you have? 210,000. What's life like when 210,000 people have access to your day-to-day? Um, it's empowering and motivating and stressful. Yeah. <laughs> Only because I take a great responsibility in that amount of people choosing to follow the life that I lead and the things that I say. So I don't take that lightly. And it's this isn't like a game where it's like, you know what, let me show you my cleavage so my follower count can rise. You know, that's not who I am. And it's not, I feel like how I like to utilize social media. I feel like it's not a self-serving thing for me. Like look at all I, that I'm doing. It's like, what are we doing together? Because I obviously not to be cheesy, but we are stronger together. So it's like, if there's something that I want to share, I want to make sure that it's going to help a woman in some way or, or inspire her in some way. If there's a question that I have, I know that the people who are supporting me and there for me can can help me in turn and, and it, so it's a kind of a full circle it is a virtual community I like to I mean 
they're friends. I may never meet them in my life, but they are friends to me. They've been really supportive to me and, and are also a reason why I'm motivated to do what I do on a day-to-day basis because I know that it's help maybe potentially helping someone's life in a positive way or impacting them. Um, but it's also, if I know that I have this squad behind me, I'm not going to quit. And that goes back to the first time I ever like kind of publicly announced my goal. And that's what kept me going and feeling accountable. It's like every day I feel accountable because people have chosen to come on this journey with me. I hear you on that stressful note. So stressful. I'm like, let me make sure this grammar's right. <laughs> let <laughs> me make sure. Let's make sure there's no of I don't want to offend anyone ever. I don't want to I don't want to come off as ignorant or oblivious. I don't want to uh misspell anything. All the things. <laughs> what is uh looking back before, you know, you had 210,000 people following you and even before maybe you ran that first half marathon. What is one piece of advice that you would give to the girl who was sitting on the couch watching Real Housewives of whatever while her man went out and logged those miles? <laughs> what is one piece of advice you would give to her? Um, am I giving this back to myself, really? Or this is, you know, you can for take the this. next girl is doing the same thing. Because there is nothing wrong with that. We all need that downtime, too. And I don't want to be hard on myself like I was doing all the wrong things in life. It's just I my advice to that girl is stop letting doubt win. And that doesn't even have to pertain to running. I'm sure there's some other things she's sitting on the couch being very fearful of. Um, and so don't let it win because it's strong. For some reason, the fear and the doubt is so much louder and stronger than the kindness and the confidence and the positivity. And it's so bizarre how we let that ring louder and truer than anything else. And I find the craziest thing is, is like we can give the positive advice to like our friends or our family or something. We can tell them all the things they need to hear and we can never tell it to ourselves. So be your cheerleader, be your motivator, be the person who dares you because there might not be someone who dares you to do something crazy like I had the opportunity or, or I'm lucky enough to have had. Um, but just dare yourself to do some crazy things that are going to pay off in, in the most positive way. What is a goal that you have for yourself in 2018? Oh. <laughs> and where did the 2018 goal setting experience take place for you and your husband? <laughs> well, we always do it like at the end of the year over dinner. There isn't a huge one like 2017 brought. I would say instead of us listing out the things that we want next, we took a second to reflect on the things we had done and we're really proud of those. Cause you know, you like, you're rushing, you do everything, you tick the box, you move on, what's next? And like, things are hectic, life is busy. And I don't think you really ever like let it set in how awesome or like proud you are of yourself. And that's what we should also give us. Like, that's why I like the little small goals, big wins, small victories and all these things is because you need that boost for yourself to be like, damn, I crushed it. I'm really, really proud of me. Like, I didn't see that coming. Um, so we did reflect a lot on the on the prior year. I mean, we both started companies. We He ran his first marathon in November. I completed the New York City Marathon as well, which was a for huge those milestone. Of, for those of you that are following at home, this is Candace going from not wanting to run a half marathon <laughs> to running two full marathons <laughs> in one year. That's outrageous. 
I don't know what the rush is, to be honest, but I just feel like, I mean, you feel empowered, man. You, that there is there is something that you can't let go of when it comes to the feeling you get. And I, it's indescribable. And you just have to see it to believe it. What tip would you give someone who is setting it. out to run their first marathon? Like this can be anything from a strategy tip to a mental tip oh. to a performance tip. Have fun. Just have fun. Yeah. I mean, I stress myself to no end to the point where it's like so stressed that you're like you have dry mouth and you're like stomach is hurting and you're like in pain and you haven't even started running. Like there's the hard part hasn't even started yet, but you're so, so, so scared. And of what, to be honest? It's like there is really nothing. There is nothing to be afraid of. We're here. The hardest part's over. You agreed to do it. You trained for it, and now you're at the starting line. You, the hardest hurdle or the, the most mental roadblock is over. So now the easy part is just running, so have fun with it. And don't be hard on yourself. Like I, We're so judgmental of ourselves and unkind that everyone's like, well, I didn't, I didn't do enough or it wasn't good because X, Y, Z, or I needed to walk. So what? Crawl if you have to, but you didn't quit. It's crazy. It's crazy to think this episode will go live after I run the Boston Marathon, but I'm going into the Boston Marathon for the first time in my life, really hoping to get a personal record. And I've never run a marathon with that mentality. So it's like, I feel as though it's wonderful to set this goal for myself, Mm -hmm. but it's also really, really frightening because I'm the person that set this goal. I'm the person that's also potentially setting myself up for greatness or failure. I think it takes a really strong person to then, whether or not that PR happens, to grade this entire process as a win and not look at it as a failure. Right, 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 right. Uh, Which brings me to the final question that I want to Mm -hmm. ask you. Over the last 15 years of you living in New York City, Mm -hmm. have there been any quote-unquote failures or missteps that you look back on now? You took them really hard in the moment, but reflecting on that time, you feel like they've done something really, really wonderful for you. I know you're probably looking for an exact experience, but for some reason I'm just thinking of it like as a whole. Please. And it's overthought, just constant overthinking the situation to the point of not doing. And that that's career choices. That's opinion sharing or uh, standing up on my own and not letting, you know, I come from an industry where it's like there's a whole team that sort of dictates what even like my day to day looks like. If I want to make a doctor's appointment, I have to write an email to ask if I have the time available. Like I'm not really in charge of my own time sometimes. And I think that, you know, standing up on my own without doubt, without fear and knowing that I'm my own person with a voice took me a very long time to kind of realize I know that what I'm capable of I know what my strengths are I know that I can be a leader I can I can be a businesswoman I can be all these things instead of just kind of sitting back and and wondering or hoping for the day because truth is like the day is not waiting for you (laughs) and you're only going to get older and it's only going to go by faster and so yeah just you can't overthink you can't overthink can't overthink i like that that's a good note to end on candace (laughs) thanks so much for coming in 
Thank you. This was fun. I also feel like we need another part because there's just so much to cover. I mean, maybe there'll be part two. (laughs) Thanks so much, everyone, for joining in and hanging out with me. Please take a moment to leave a quick review by clicking the link with the description to this episode. We all face multiple hurdles in life. I want to hear about yours. Reach out to me at emily at hurdle.us. Connect with the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at hurdle podcast. Most importantly, Candice, where do they find you? Where do they find day one? Give me everything. Okay. You can find me at Candice Huffine on Instagram. Um, Also, day one is your day one on Instagram. And I'd love you to come check out Project Start as well at PS You Got This. All the stuff. All the handles. (laughs) (laughs) I am at Emily Abadi. Another hurdle conquered. Catch you guys next time.